Well, good morning, Identity Church. I'm so glad to have you here. You know, we're, we're in the third week, right, of us being in the building. So we have a podcast, just letting everyone know. So if I say some stuff that I might already said, I'm just trying to give our podcast folks some information as well. So, uh, But I wanted to just thank everyone for being here. You know, over the last few weeks, I'd been doing this series on the Beatitudes. And see, the Beatitudes was this thing that Jesus was trying to create a culture. Jesus was trying to create a culture that said, hey, I'm turning away from the authoritarian, um, you know, the Sanhedrin, all of the politics. Because really, when you thought about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, one of them was like, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans. You had more of a liberal group and you had more of a, a conservative group. It was a politics, right? And I mean, one of them was sad, you see. So that's my dad joke for the day. So, <laughs> But see, what you have to understand is there was a time where, just like in our own country, it was ran by a political class. The Sanhedrin was basically the center of politics it was the center of the way people lived their lives. And um, if you were poor, good luck. Because you couldn't do anything. You, you couldn't have your sins forgiven you. Because if you were poor, you basically, you know, they would say, you can't go and find a dove. You can't go and find a lamb. You have to take one of ours because it's blessed. Does this sound a little bit like our own society a little bit? I mean, you can't, you can't just go out and get your own thing. I mean, I know there's some people that would love to have universal health care. But I will tell you this, it's going to cost us more. Well, it's the same exact thing. When you centralize, this was their sin, their sin redemption, it cost them more. And they wanted it to be that way. They wanted the rich people to pay Exorbitant cost to the temple. I mean, if you saw the temple, woo! Herod rebuilt the temple. He made it like a palace. It was covered in gold. There's a reason why in 70 AD, Rome came in. The first thing they did was they burned the temple and they scraped the gold off of the sides. It was a palace. It was a majestic, awesome looking place. But it was completely and totally different than what God originally had set up in Solomon's temple. See, Jesus told, told him here in these Beatitudes. See, Cicero of Rome, a philosopher, about, I don't know, it was probably like 90 years before. See, things are, are TikTok worthy for 90 years back then. We only get by with a word or something like that nowadays. I mean, it's done in like a month. I mean, I, I'm still like going, well, the kids say crunk, and, but they don't. I mean... What are some of the new words they got out there? See, even my kid doesn't know. They, they move so fast. See, back then, though, if you were to say beata or beatitude, that was a philosophy in life. It meant euphoric, content. It meant happiness. So when somebody said beatitude, people knew it. 
And by the way, I'm not going to reteach the Beatitudes today. I've got a whole series. Go look it up on my podcast. You can go and listen to what I talked about. But I wanted to make a contrast between the blessings that Jesus is talking about and also the blessings that we have in Christ because they were two different things that he was talking about here. So he was talking about makarios, that's happiness, content, euphoria. He was trying to tell them, hey, there is a new thing coming. When I die and go to the cross and I come back, there's going to be a whole nother set of kingdom business that's going to be put on the inside of you. And see, that was starting to create the Jesus culture. But see, as we talked about last week, when we look in Ephesians and we look at all these different things, God is trying to turn us now towards this blessed and start talking about eulogia. Think about this. So you guys, have you ever been to a funeral? What do they do? They give a eulogy. You know, I said this last week. I said, you know, you can go to a funeral. You see these, these, these people at the funeral, they'll be sitting there and they go, you know, he was a good man. He gave to all these different things. He created a burn hospital. Well, I mean, I've even known people who's probably burned down hospitals, you know, that probably were still good people, you know. But what we have to understand is that a eulogy is talking about a benefit. See, a lot of times we think a eulogy is talking about someone, but really it's the same word as eulogia, which means to, ha- to speak well of, to have adoration, to express benefits. That's one of the reasons why you will have people who will say, this person did something. There was a benefit to their life. But as we talked about last, last week, there's a lot of times, especially when you start looking at, there are some benefits that come later. Like a seed. Now, how many people like sunflower seeds? There's a lot of people in here that like sunflower seeds, right? How many sunflower seeds would it take for you to get full? A lot. Do you know that this is one of the things that a benefit of a seed is that it produces fruit later, right? So the benefit of a seed is not the thing itself. I want you to understand this because this is the way God's Word works. You can put Word into you today and it will produce fruit later. I'll give you an example, okay? I'll I'll even use myself as an example. I was picking on Steve last week. He didn't seem to like that. But anyway, (laughs) but me for an example, I I was a kid who had ADD. I had dyslexia. And you know, when I heard the word Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Do you know that over a few months, like 18 months, it started becoming alive to me? You know, I'd probably heard it before, but I just didn't plant it in my heart. You know that a seed gives you a benefit later. See, our eulogy is, I'm going to tell you that I'm planting a seed in you today. And it's going to take root. And that at some point in time, there's a benefit to that seed. 
You may be sitting here going, we got fried chicken coming up, and that's our benefit. Dusty, shut up. Let's get to the fried chicken, okay? Because believe me, I'm with you. I want to get to the fried chicken. But I will tell you this, that a seed, the thing that we plant in ourselves today over time will grow, and then it will feed you. But if I just ate my seed every single day, you know, if somebody gave me a seed every single day and said, Dusty, eat that seed, I'll die. It's not enough to, to make, you know, to make the nourishment that I need in my body. But if they said, hey, Dusty, this is how you plant the seed. You know, my mom's really good at this because Heather kills seeds. We'll go and we'll plant something and it would die. And mom would go, well, you're overwatering it. And I go, and she goes, I didn't know. And Heather goes, I, don't, I didn't know that you could overwater something. And it was like, then it's like, oh, no, no, no. You need to underwater this one. Not put it underwater, but I mean, actually don't water as much. I'll use those terms. But this is what I want you to understand is the fact that a seed is something that we plant in ourselves. And the word of God is a seed. And so what you're going to hear today it's going to become revelation at some point in time. In fact, it's going to become so much revelation to you that it became a promise. It actually became a eulogia. Jesus himself told us in John 14 that, hey, I'm going to provide you a benefit. Guess what? I'm going to go away. It's better that I go away. Let me tell you why it's better. Because he says here in John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Woo! I'm going to be honest with you. That's amazing. You may be thinking, well, I, don't know what, I don't know what Jesus is talking to me about. Well, I'll tell you this. In John 10, he actually t tells us, he says, that my sheep hear my voice and they will not depart from it. You know, that there's times in your life where there has been word that has been planted in each and every single one of you that the Holy Spirit has brought it back to your remembrance and it has provided you a benefit down the road. And it's because the Holy Spirit brings it back to your remembrance. You know, I used to have people tell me, I've never heard the Holy Spirit teach or talk to me or do anything for me. That's untrue. That is absolutely untrue. And I will tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit is constantly talking to us. You know, some people say it's our conscience. Well, the Holy Spirit is like the conscience. He's even talking to the sinner. He's trying constantly to tell them, there is a thing called Jesus. When they hear Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes, that's true. You know, I remember in my life, I've had people tell me, there's no God, there is no Jesus. Oh, that was just a story made up to try to do this or try to do that. And you know, every single time that I've had that happen in my life, I've sat there and I, and I said, is that true? You know, every time it didn't bring me peace, it brought me discomfort. Every time Jesus 
on the inside of me started coming alive and going, that's not true. The Holy Spirit was undergirding. He was bringing about to my remembrance those things. So one seed, one thing, it will be brought back to you. So that's just a little bit of what we talked about last week. So I'm just recapping. We're going to move on to the... We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. We talked a little bit about that, but I wanted you to understand what kind of blessings these were. Because it says here in Ephesians 1.3, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. What are those spiritual blessings? I mean, I will tell you this. I'm expecting when I get a blessing, when I get a benefit, I'm expecting that somebody's going to come and give me something. Right? I'm going to have something. I'm going to be able to hold it. But see, we get something much better through the Spirit because it says in 2 Timothy, oh, man, that was a tongue tie right there. Let me back up. In 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, not giving us a spirit of fear, but giving us power, love, and a sound mind is a part of the benefit. You know, every time I read the Word, I look for the benefit. You know, I don't read the Word just to read the Word. I used to. I used to go, hey, I'm just going to, i got to read my Bible. I need to read a chapter a day. There's nothing wrong with reading a chapter a day. But if you didn't find the benefit, did you get anything out of it? The answer is no. See, this is what I want you to understand. When I understand there's benefits... And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, the Holy Spirit goes, hold up, that's one of your benefits. You might want to study that a little bit more. Let, let's, let's take some time with that one. Let's take some time and say, oh, well, if I'm having fear, that didn't come from God. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean every day that I have fear, that wasn't something God was trying to give me? Who was trying to give it to me? Well, Satan, of course. I got news for you. There are messengers of Satan everywhere. Turn on the news. Turn on Facebook. I mean, my gosh. I turned on Facebook the other day. They were talking about something uh, uh, about how, you know, we were, um, I think it was like in India, there was all these people who had died of COVID. And I was sitting there going, I'm, I'm praying for those people. I really am. But there is more of this stuff being put out to put fear in us than to actually put knowledge into us. And I'll tell you why I believe that. It's because we're not talking about things in the right way. We talk about them in the way that says, be scared, be afraid, and be uninformed and stay in your home. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask. If you want to wear a mask, hey, I got no problem with it. But you know what? There is a problem where you're driving around town and you got a mask on. I got news for you. Every time I see those people, I pray for them a little harder. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you've got a mask on in your own car, is there COVID in the AC unit? I mean, I'm trying to understand this. But see, that's what happens is that there was a seed of fear that was planted in that person. And they're like, I can't be without my mask because somebody could come knock on my door and I don't even think of it and they can cough in my face. See, that's, 
That's not living life. That's living in a jail cell. Their own prison is right above their nose. And they live it every single day because they planted some fear into themselves. And see, what I want you to understand is that God didn't give us that spirit of fear. He gave us power. You know, I speak to COVID. I haven't had it. That doesn't mean that that COVID hasn't come near me. I mean, I did go get the shot. I'm not against anybody who's gotten the shot. But what I want you to understand is that I'm not going to sit back as if though I'm powerless. I'm going to have the power and authority of Jesus that's on the inside of me. I'm going to speak and say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do things. You know that there's power in that? You know, we've become so fearful that we won't hug each other. You know, I was in a store the other day, and there was a person standing by me. They had a mask, and every time I would get closer to them, they would back away. It was actually pretty good because I needed to get where they were at in order to, in order to get something off the shelf. And so what, what I did was I was like, <coughs> <coughs> and then they would. Do you, know that, do you know that if we get, if we get so afraid of people, that's when we've left our guard down. You know, there's people that are dying every single day and it's not just because of COVID. They're dying, from, they're dying from fear. They're dying from depression. You know, the suicide rate has went up 150 times since March of 2020. It's crazy. But you got to understand this. You have power and love and a sound mind. You know, that's a benefit that just went into you as a seed. Accept it. I don't want to hear, you know that everybody has a butt, right? Everybody does. We're all sitting on them, right? Well, you know what? We also have a butt that says, yeah, brother, but, you know, I don't know. That whole thing is, I don't know if I believe you. Well, you know what? You just killed the seed. The moment you just said, but, that meant you didn't believe the seed, the benefit that was put towards you. You know, eulogia is when I come and I tell you about your benefits. I'm telling you about your benefits right now. And if you go, but, you know, everybody has a but and they all stink. We have to stay away from that aspect We have to go, what does the word say? Yes, I accept it. Can everybody say, yes, I accept the word? word. See, that right there, you just opened your heart up. You just dug a rock out, if there was one, and you planted a seed. Every time I tell you the word, where do you go? Yes, I accept the word. Yes, I accept the word. See, you have to not say, I don't know. I doubt. Because the moment you say that, you need to go find somebody who does it and you need to let them help you. This is why we go to church. This is why we have these relationships. The other thing that is the fruits of the Spirit is Galatians 5, 23, uh, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
Okay? I want you to understand that there's no, there is a reason why it's first. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, Now abide faith, hope, and love in the greatest. That word greatest right there means first. See, God always starts out with love. See, He chose you. That's what it actually means. It's, it's like a love feast. It means that I end up getting a feast that I can choose. So if we went out here and we're about to have fried chicken, let's just say we had fried chicken, we had ribs, we had steak, we had everything. And you know what? Greg's over here and he's like, you know what? I don't want your fried chicken. I want that steak. Give me that steak. You know, it's the same thing as love. Love is a choice. You know, see, I get to choose you. See, like is not. Like is not a choice. I... I either aspire to be like someone, I, I want to be like them, I want to have something that they have, I, I think like them. Do you know that we don't like each other? And a lot of times that turns into hate because we'll sit there and we'll go, hey, I don't, I don't know if I agree with everything that you believe. And then we end up making those roadblocks. We end up making those the things that are, that are the stopping points to where we don't choose each other anymore. See, love is more powerful than like. Because I don't have to like you in order to love you. See, love says, I don't agree with you. Love says, I don't, I don't even want to do the things that you want to do. If somebody said, hey, I'm a big deer hunter. I want to go and I want to I go deer hunting. Do you know the last time I went deer hunting was like 25 years ago? That means I don't want to do it. There's a little thing that I had a pastor friend of mine tell me one time. Because he would, you know, people go, would you like to do this? And everybody says, oh, I would love to do that, but. See, I'm giving you an example of how your butt ends up stinking it up. Because what happens is, is that we get to a point to where we say, oh, I would love to. That's, I'm trying to soften the blow, but I don't like what you like. Okay? I mean, if I ever say, I love, you know, stop me. Okay, please. If, I, if you ever go, Dusty, would you like to do this? And I don't go, no, I don't want to do that. See, that's love, is that if I tell you no, I really don't want to. I'm glad you want to. And I defend your right to be able to go and do whatever you want to do, as long as it's godly and you know, it's within the bounds of the law, okay? If you're going spotlighting and killing deer, you're probably going to get your truck and your gun taken from you, okay? Don't do that. But other than that, I want you to understand that I don't have to like what you do. I have to love you. And loving you means that I get to choose you. It's just like being at a feast. I got to, God got to look at all of us and said he chose each and every one of us at the feast. Okay, so the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then you've got joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As such, there is no law. Everybody wants to go back to the law of Moses and to the Levitical law. But see, this is the thing. When I, when I allow the love of God on the inside of me to just be alive, what happens is, is that there's no law that you could create 
to make me do it. See, that's what you need to understand about this scripture is it's telling you I'm not putting boundaries on you to make you nice or to make you good or to make you kind or to love or to have joy or to have peace. No, when you have it on the inside of you, that's what Jesus has put there. Then what happens is is that you come back to this point of saying, I don't need someone to force me. I don't need a stop sign to tell me to stop at the intersection. I don't need a speed limit to tell me not to do 150 on this road right out here. Because when it's on the inside of me, it's, it's there. And I just do it. See, that's how good the, the love of God is. Is that when it teaches you, it creates in you the ability for you to not have to be told. You know, that was so freeing to me. You know, the love of God causes me not to sin. Now, do I sin? Absolutely, and I, and I repent. I metanoia. You know, sin is like I missed the mark. I've got this, I got this big target over here. And I went to go pull back a bow and shoot the arrow. Well, I shot it over here. You know what God says? Turn. Oh, okay, I need to move back over here. Oh, now I'm hitting the mark. See, that's what we're talking about here, is that God's not afraid of you and your sin. Because He sent His Son into a sinful world with all of the junk, with all of the destruction, in order to get people to turn back to the right place. See, that's what love does, is it teaches us without a law. That's why God through Jesus said, hey, I fulfilled this law. I fulfilled it, so now it's in you. Every bit of the law is on the inside of us. The moment I'm about to go step off the cliff of, hey, I'm about to do something wrong, the Holy Spirit's going, eh. You ever felt that? You know, right there behind the gut. It's like, hey, I'm about to lie. Mm. I mean, you get that little pull right there. It's like, what in the world? Okay, I was about to tell you a lie. All right. Ooh, I feel better. Peace is starting to come back because I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't want to go hunting with you. Okay? I mean, I'm just, I'm being honest with you. This is how the benefits work. I know this seems very, probably, you may be thinking, oh, this is, this is Sunday school stuff. Well, you know what? We need Sunday school every single day. We need Jesus on the inside of us teaching us every day that the moment I go, Dad goes, hey, you want to go out here and cut the grass? And I go, well, I'd love to, Dad. But, no, I tell him, I don't want to, but I will. You know, that's, that's what love does, is it, it tells the truth. Love chooses people over circumstances. Why do we need these blessings? Well, Romans 8 tells us here, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that was raised up, Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. See, this, this word, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's a Greek word, and it's like zupios, whatever, Okay? It, it's a Greek word. Just believe me. It's on the screen here. Um, you can go look it up in the Strong's, but it's, 
the word to revitalize, to restore, or to make alive. You know, there's parts of me that are dead, and the word comes in and says, let's make that alive on the inside of you. You know, there's parts of me that I, that I sit there and go, I don't know if I can believe for the next thing. You know, it's kind of hard to believe for something. I, you know, and I hate using ministry terms because not a lot of people have been in the ministry. But when you've done associate pastoring and you've worked with other people, you either get an idea of what things are and how people react and how things go. And then when you actually do it yourself, like building Identity Church, I walked away from Life of Faith Ministries and I said, well, I know how to do this. And I started dealing with people that were down here. And I go, I can't do that. That's not the way that they're going to react. That's not how we're going to have to build this church. It doesn't work that way anymore. You know that I had to be made alive to think differently. I had to create another thought, another idealism. So when the Holy Spirit came to me and said, you're going to do identity church this way. And I go, I don't want to do that. I mean, I didn't really want to meet in my house. I mean, Heather, I mean, she's a saint. She got up every Saturday and she cleaned every single thing. I mean, double cleaned it because, you know, COVID and everything else. And we were like, we're trying to make this place just as safe as for everybody. And there were some people, they would come in, they would look at us and be like, I don't want to go to your house. For some reason, this seems a place like this seems to be better than my house. Now, I got news for you. I wouldn't live here. I love this building, but this is a little bit cold and, and dank for me. I mean, you know, the gray walls and everything. I want my house. It's warm. I thought people would love to come to my house. You know that at the other church, we would have these fellowships and people would just show up. I mean, we had neighbors that would show up there. Heck, my neighbors won't even look at me. Now, they, they are the last few, I guess you got to be around here a little while. I don't know, but, but I'd be outside and the guy would be cutting grass and he would just like throw his lawnmower and run. Ah, I can't talk to you. Literally. I'm not lying to you guys. I'm telling you the truth. Now they're kind of going, hey, I'm going to wave at you and I'm going to speed off. <laughs> but what I want you to understand is, is that is that I needed to be restored and made alive in my heart for how we do this. You know, there's the same thing in every one of y'all. Y'all are going to go to work. You're going to go find people that you're going to talk to. And you're going to go, hey, the way that me and Vicky have a relationship is probably not going to be the same way that you're going to have a relationship with other people. I'm just going to be honest with you. You have to treat people individually. You have to treat places individually. And we have to be made alive in ourselves. You see, all of this has to come down to is that our benefits are great, but often are not used. Most of the time we do not understand we have a benefit. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Southern Company, they have more benefits than I even know how to sign up for. I mean, right now we're going through a benefit renewal. It started like last week. I go through, I don't even know what health plan I need to be on. I mean, most of the time, I mean, I just know I'm paying a lot, but I could be paying less. 
<clears throat> and I go, well, I want to be paying less, but I still want to be able to go to the doctor and I have to pay more. So it's like a, a trade-off. I mean, you literally get into this whole idealism of I want benefits, but I don't really know if I want them all. See, that's what we do in our own heart. Sometimes we don't know about the benefits. Sometimes we know about the benefits and go, that's not a benefit I want. I'll give you an example. We were, I, was, I was looking at some of my benefits package stuff. I work for the power company. And I started going, well, I don't fall into this category because I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. So I'm not going to go to this benefits thing that they were having where they were going to explain the benefit to me. Well, I'm, I'm 44, so, you know, I got some time before I would retire. Well, the next thing I know, there's a 37-year-old that said, hey, I went to that benefits thing. You probably should have went because they're going to tell you you probably need to be putting more money into a, a Roth IRA than you do into this other thing. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. I thought I had to be 55 or older. You know, hey, I'm going to be retiring. But see, I missed out on understanding my benefits because I said, that's not for me. Later on, I'll use that benefit. Well, you know what? I missed out for this year. Next year, guess what, guess what Dusty's doing when they come up and say, we're going to talk about retirement benefits. I'm going to be the first one sitting there with a pad and piece of paper. I'm going to be with a pencil and I'm going to say, Tell me what I need to do now so that I'll have money when I retire. See, that's what the Word of God's trying to do too. It's trying to put a benefit into you now that will benefit you now. It'll benefit you in the midterm. It'll benefit you in the long term. You know, there's no cost with these benefits. I got a cost when I go and talk about my benefits at work. They want me to pay something. They want me to pay the guy that's telling me about my benefits. I'm sitting here going, hey, if you want to give, you can give here. I'm, I'm fine with that. But do you know at the end of the day, if you never gave anything, I'm still going to tell you what the Word of God is. Hey, Steve's got his Bible open over here. He's reading the benefits while he's also listening to me. That's, that's amazing. Do you know that your benefits only work if you go sign up? you understand, hey, I need to go sign up. We have to know our benefits. And I'm going to end right here and we'll pick back up. But I wanted you to know, <clears throat> I wanted you to know that the word has to be heard. You know, the word has to be heard in order for us to actually even know that we've got these benefits. That Romans 10, uh, 14 through 17, it actually tells us, how shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed. Do you know that without knowing about Jesus, you'd have never known to accept Him, right? I mean, if somebody had never told you about Jesus Christ, you'd still be looking. You'd still be lost in your sin. Now, there may be sins, but you know what? you got Jesus to cover those sins. And to tell you, hey, let's get back on this path. Let's metanoia. Let's, let's move back over here and shoot straight this way. See, that's the benefits. And it says here, And how shall they believe in Him who they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. That's a benefit. There's peace in this gospel. And it says, Who bringing glad tidings of good things? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has, been, who has believed in our report? You know, there's plenty of benefits that I cannot believe that are mine. I can, I can actually hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and say, I would have never accepted Jesus. Now, I'm looking around in here. Every, I mean, I've talked to each and every single one of you. I know you're saved. But you know what? I don't know if, I don't know what your benefits, have you signed up for all of them? Have you looked into all of them? Have you said, you know what, I'm going to take that peace because Jesus said I'm going to give you peace. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you some joy because, hey, joy's in there. But see, if you didn't say that, that there was benefits that was for me, then you could actually get to a place to where you say, you know what? I don't even believe the report. I don't believe the report. This is how you do it, guys. This is how you know your benefits. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Everybody just bow your head with me. I'm going to pray over us that as we're getting into these coming weeks, because we're about done with 21. You know that the, the, the 22 is going to be some, another year. It's a new beginning. And I want everybody in here to take, to take an inventory of what your benefits are. You know that I do this constantly. I constantly say, Lord, do I truly believe these benefits? You know, there's sometimes where I have to be honest with God and with myself and say, I need to spend more time in the Word on these particular things. You know what, Lord? We need to talk about my health because I need to get in better shape. Lord, I need to talk to you about about peace because I've been afraid you know I've caused some strife here lately Lord I have gotten into middle of conversations that I shouldn't have had that I knew that the moment that I was going to talk about that with that person that it was going to cause a fight Lord help me turn me so that I can shoot straight with these people so that I can give them the benefits Lord, help me to be able to eulogize people's lives. Help me to be able to show people how to take the next steps in their lives. Help me to move from I need my benefits to I'm giving benefits. I'm the guy that's holding the, the conference. I'm the guy that is telling people, oh, if you would only be led by peace, and that you would shut up when strife starts rearing its head, then the benefits of God would just show up. Right now, as you're taking inventory of all those things, I'm going to pray over us. 
I'm going to pray over us and just thank God for the benefits that he has given us. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that your benefits are so astounding. I thank you, Father, for the peace and the love and the joy that you have given in each and every one of our lives. Father, I pray right now that as we are sitting here taking inventory of our benefits, that you will tell, that you will show us, yes, I haven't, I haven't leaned on you for more peace. I haven't, I haven't taken the time to allow joy to be manifested in me. That, Father, that we continue to just allow those seeds to grow. That we don't pluck them up. You don't have to restart. Those seeds are in your heart right now. All you have to do is just listen to those benefits. The benefits are being told to you by your benefactor. The benefactor is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and they are on the inside of you. And right now, as we're, as we're talking to God, letting God talk to us, does anybody need prayer for anything? If you do, we would love to agree with you. We believe in the power of agreement. Seventeen. Okay. So, Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We pray right now for protection over those missionaries. We pray in Jesus' name that the that the gang, those people who have come against them, that they're going to make a mistake and that you're going to allow for them to have an opening to be able to get free, to get loose. That, Father, in Jesus' name, that you're sending help, that you're sending people to them to be able to help them. I pray, dear Lord, for their peace. I pray, dear Lord, that they are being led by the Holy Spirit, that, that the Holy Spirit is showing them what to do and how to do it. And I pray right now in Jesus' name for protection over them. Amen. Amen. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm going to close this out. And I'm going to pray over the food because we're having a fellowship today. So once again, bow your head. Father, we just pray over the food that we're about to receive. May it nourish our bodies. Best you sanctify it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.